Let's turn to John chapter 3 together. And Linda's going to come. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you're doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they're old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it's come from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we've seen, but you people still do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have life eternal. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Linda, let's pray for you as you come. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for these words today. And yet, Lord, there's a, a challenge in it that if we just bring our minds, our flesh to it, that will birth something, but it'll just be of us. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. So Holy Spirit, would you breathe on these words today? We thank you so much for Linda, for her heart for you, her love for you, her time preparing this week. And we pray that now, Holy Spirit, you'd breathe, fan into flame the gift of God and use her for your glory. We pray a simple but bold prayer God, would you speak to us today? 
as we wonder that we are heard in heaven, we wonder that you are heard on earth. So Spirit, would you speak to us today, we pray. Use Linda, use your word, use this time for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We welcome Linda as she comes to share. I'm going old school with um, paper. Um, yeah, so thank you for that intro and that lovely prayer. Um, yeah, my name's Linda. I'm part of the fellowship here in Bethel, for those who may not know me. Um, and you might have heard me speak before. And hopefully, for those of you who are watching online, you're hearing me today with the sound. <laughs> um, thanks again to John uh, for giving me a completely free hand. Uh, you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, um, and I really, yeah, I just want to pray that what's been put on me there will be heard and understood. Sorry. <laughs> but um, going back to actually something John said, you know, leading up to, Christ, uh, to Christmas, up to Easter, um, some of us being part of the Monday Book Club. We were reading this book uh, called He Chose the Nails by Max Lucado. Or is it Lucado? Lucado, he said in his book. So <laughs> some of us have heard that. Um, but we didn't just read the words and give a review. Um, we read, as John said, a chapter a week or two chapters because it was a small book. Um, and then we got together and we chatted. We digested the words on the page. We read between the lines. And we actually formed some of our own opinions on what was quite a, a familiar story to many people. And we've had some really, really interesting conversations. And uh, with the permission of my group members, um, these are some of the expressions that were used to describe our time together. Enjoyable to chat as a group and learn together. Helpful and interesting discussions. Soul searching. Made us think. An eye opener. Good use of humor. A realization resulting in deeper thinking and appreciation benefited on a personal level. You know, that this book has certainly given us a lot more to think about than just the Easter story. And it's really exciting to see where the next book, as if by magic, <laughs> will take us. Yes, this is our next book. And, yeah, I'd also like to extend the invitation to anyone. Um, if you fancy reading and having a chat about what it is you've read, no, 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 no censorship at all, um, completely honest, completely open, then uh, this book by Dallas Willard, I'm sure, is going to be exciting. So, um, but for today, like to invite you all to come and have a meal 
with somebody we've been talking about, Jesus. Um, so as we gather around his table, shall we pray? Thank you, Father, for this day. And thank you that we can come together to read your word without fear. As we draw near and sit at your table, I pray that thoughts and prayers that I've shared with you will be turned into your words. Use me today so that whoever this message is for, that they will hear and they will know that there is so much more to you than just the written word that we turn to every week. Open our hearts, open our minds, and help us to receive into our hearts from you today by your spirit. Lord, we just ask you once again to come into this place. You are welcome. And we pray for your glory. Amen. I think you'll all agree that it was great to hear from Andy last week and, uh, and just how, as believers, that we can share so much together, whether it's praying together, having fellowship time together, or actually helping one another in a, both a spiritual sense and in a very practical sense. And sounds like we're going to be doing some of that on June the 4th, which is great. Um, but what about the sheep that have gone astray? Or the people who are yet to know Jesus? Or they might think they know him, but they haven't encountered Jesus. They haven't had an experience with Jesus. How can we, as believers, help them share in that unconditional love that God is offering to everyone? It's not exclusive. Now, some of you will know about my love of art. I've missed a bit. There we go. <laughs> this is our starter. Uh, nerves are going now. So, yeah, we're coming to our starter. So, with that in mind. <laughs> um, so, yeah, some of you will know about my love of art. And... This is a painting by an English artist called William Holman Hunt. It was painted quite a long time ago, 1853, and it's called The Light of the World. Now, I'm not going to discuss all what is in this painting because we just haven't got the time. Uh, we could make a series on it. Um, but I'm just going to focus just on a couple of parts that interested me in particular. This painting was the key that opened my own heart and it let Jesus in. It helped me to see more clearly. It gave me freedom not to be fearful and it actively encouraged me to look beyond just the words on the page in front of me. This painting was used to offer me a personal invitation by God himself and since then our relationship has grown and grown. Now, of course, I know that this isn't going to resonate with everybody. 
but I do hope that there'll be something in it for everybody. Looking at the painting at, uh, at first, we just see that Jesus is in the center, standing proud. Um, he's carrying a lamp and he's knocking on a, an overgrown door. It clearly hasn't been opened for a long, long time. It appears to be nighttime, but in the far background, there seems to be a dawn coming. Jesus is dressed in what appears to be royal robes, and on his head, there's a crown of thorns with a halo or a radiant light around his head. And the verse that John kindly read there's another version of it actually on the frame of this painting. It's from the King James Version of Revelation 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. In the NIV version that we've just read, it says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. We notice in the King James Version here, it says, I will come in to him. Come in to him. Not just come in, come in to him. Jesus wants to enter into our lives. He's interested in us, and he wants to know us more. He wants to know you, every one of you. Oh, look. <laughs> Coming into our main course. How wonderful. If we look at the painting a little closer, we see there's a lot of darkness, and this is intentional. It suggests that the world that we live in is dark and uncomfortable. The lamp that Jesus is carrying is a representation that Jesus is the light of the world. And in these next two verses, we see just how that light can be used to show us the way forward. In John chapter 12, verse 46, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. That sounds very much like a promise. And um, don't we love a promise? I do. And then again, in Psalm 119, verse, 100, verse 105, your word there is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path just before this in verse 102 it says for you yourself have taught me these are the words from Jesus himself they're God spoken the key here is that we can find answers to your questions in God's word the Bible, for anyone who didn't know that's what it was. Here you can reference every aspect of our lives and find guidance. It doesn't always have the answers that you might be looking for. 
but it will give you something to think about. It might make you change your mind, give you a different idea, certainly make you revisit it, and very occasionally, you might get confirmation that you're on the right track and you don't need to change because God loves to keep us on our toes. The overgrown door represents our closed hearts and closed minds. They are firmly closed. The point that jumped out at me when I first saw this painting was that there's no handle on the side of the door that Jesus stands. So it must be open from the other side, our side. Jesus waits patiently and says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Here we're told that you've got to be listening in order to hear his voice. Are you listening? At home, I often find myself uh, speaking to my husband, and yet he carries on doing whatever he was he was doing. Now, does he have a hearing problem? <laughs> has he got his headphones in? Or is he just not listening to me? I'll leave that one open. <laughs> uh, but then once we've heard the knock on the door we've got to do something it's not enough we've got to open the door have you opened the door to Jesus have you opened it fully or is it just a jar and you're just peeking through Jesus can't enter through a door that is, is let it open enough. And then we're told that he will come in. And not only that, he will eat with us. And us with him. It's a two-way meal. A meal for sharing. Some of the best conversations that we have in our home is they're done at the dinner table. I'm sure many of you or others will be, agree with me. We love nothing more than to have a good debate on a particular subject, or uh, we might share new ideas, uh, things that are going on in our lives. We discuss topical subjects, and hopefully at some, hopefully at some point, compliment the person who's made the meal. Um, we often have different viewpoints. Um, sometimes we agree, and sometimes we just see things differently, and that's fine. But no matter what, it's always a blessing. And we get to find out more about each other, and just how our thoughts, our lives are developing, and our relationships deepen. And we look forward to future meals together. Now, in Jesus' time, sharing a meal always resulted in a time to get to know each other. A time for teaching, healing, and even miracles. 
And of course, just last week, we shared in the most important meal, the Last Supper, where we remember the ultimate sacrifice which Jesus made for us freely. There again, only two weeks ago, we focused on the journey that Jesus took to the cross. And we experienced what it was like when the curtain was torn at the time of his death. Our sins were dealt with, and we were invited to go beyond the veil and enter into the holy of holies and eat with God. Now, I'm not sure if you were able to make it on that evening, but for those who were here, I'm sure they would agree that it was powerful. It felt different. It was really special. We were gathered around the symbolism of Jesus' sacrifice for us and allowed to enter into an audience with the Father. What a privilege. In a few weeks' time, we're going to be celebrating the king's coronation. And perhaps your street might be planning a party or you might be coming along to the, the Bethel coronation celebration on Sunday the 7th of May, which is going to be after the service. But somehow, I don't think that either will feel as powerful or indeed as special as the meal we shared at Easter. But I am sure that you'll have a lot of fun. This brings me onto the dawn in the distance in the painting. By allowing Jesus to enter through the door, he will bring a new dawn into our own lives. Jesus passes from the darkness. He goes through the door of our hearts and brings with him his light and a new day. But remember, he won't force through the door. He has to be invited because you and I have listened. We've heard and we've opened that door fully. Now, as I already, already said, I love nothing more than sitting around the table, enjoying a good meal with the family. It's also special when we share a meal with friends or partners. There's an intimacy that can't easily be found in a more public space. Often, there's low lighting, perhaps even candles. The difficulty with this lighting is it might make it a little bit more difficult for you to see what's on your plate. What's in front of you? How good is the food, actually? Is it hiding imperfections? Does it make the meal in front of you look more than it actually is? Do you wish there was more light so that you can see clearly and see what it is that you are eating? Don't you want to know? Because if you know, you'll enjoy it more. That's why Jesus brings his light. 
so that we can see more clearly. And we can enjoy a truly gastronomical experience that you will never forget. And you will be left wanting more. That sound like something you'd like. Let's come away from the painting for a second and go back to God's word. Because this is where you will find answers that will speak to you personally. I promise you. If you first of all look and secondly listen. Now when I prepare a message, as I'm sure others will agree, I start with God's word. I look for a passage or a parable or just something that jumps out at me. What do I do then? I read it several times. I pray about it several times. And I research in lots of different places just to try and understand what it is I've read. This is a complicated book, holds a lot of mysteries. I look for affirmation in my prayers and the references because, do you know, I'm always questioning myself. And, you know, what am I thinking? Is what I'm thinking what he's thinking? And is it right? Does it make sense? If we look at a small part of this, John chapter 3, verses 14 to 17, Jesus says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn, to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. There is so much in this passage. But in the time we've got today, I'm going to have to focus just on, on a couple of little points. So, looking quickly at the reference to Moses, we need to remind ourselves of why Moses was lifted up. Why did Moses lift up the snake in the desert? This reference comes from Numbers 21, uh, verse 4 to 9. It tells us here about where the Israelites were moaning about God and Moses. And God sent venomous snakes, which bit them, and a lot of them died. Moses was asked to pray to God. And God told Moses to make a snake, put it on a pole, and anyone who was bitten can look at it and live. So that's, you know, in the same way that we can come to Jesus and ask him for help. It's freely given. Focusing on the word so in this verse, it's often thought to mean God loved the world so much. But if we look at the Greek, so, it means 
hutos, meaning in this way or thus. And this is the same word hutos, appears, it appears many, many times in John's Gospel. And it always refers back to something that's already been said and not about something that is just, just about to be explained. So, therefore, by looking at verse 14 again, where Jesus refers to the Son of Man being lifted up, just as Moses lifted up the snake on the pole, it can also be attributed to verse 17. So if we reread the passage with this in mind, it looks something like this. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, in the same way, the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For in this way, God loved the world. And so, as a consequence of this love, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The word through in the Greek is dia, but I have from a learned friend, dia. And it means because of, on account of. So the world is saved because of Jesus. That the world would be saved on account of Jesus. Jesus is the key. And he gains us access to all areas. We are VIPs. <gasps> Here comes a dessert, my favorite part. <laughs> so just before we go, and we'll be having a cup of coffee after our meal, we can enjoy a delicious dessert. Now, whether you're, you've got a sweet tooth or you might like something a little bit more savory, this dessert has something for everyone. Think back. When God said that we would have eternal life, he didn't just mean when we get to heaven. No, no, no. Eternal life refers to a relationship with God through Jesus, or by the way of Jesus, in both this life and the life yet to come. And it's not just life, a life in its fullness. To receive and experience blessings, because Jesus wants to go deeper. He wants to, us to learn more about him, his ways, and by inviting him into our lives, we gain life. If we look again at John, this time chapter 5, verse 24. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my, my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Another verse, 
in, verse, in chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus says, The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. Or perhaps the version you see on the screen from the message translation says it in a way that makes a bit more sense to you. The spirit can make life. Sheer muscle and willpower doesn't, don't make anything happen. Every word I've spoken to you is a spirit word, and so it is life-making. The word so appears again, meaning in this way or thus. I would love to ask these questions to anyone who's been bold enough to read God's word and look beyond those words that they've been presented with on the page. Have you felt the words come alive? Have you felt the spirit, the spirit within these words and the message that has become apparent to you personally? Because it will be different for you than it is for me. Don't you want to discuss these more, these thoughts more and further and, and just talk to others, tell them? Don't you want to know what's gone into this delicious meal that you've been sharing with the one who gave it all? What and where have the ingredients come from? Are they natural or supernatural? Are they good and do they satisfy? For myself, I'm always left wanting more. My question for you is, are you satisfied? Or would you like some more? If the answer is the latter, then please don't leave the table without the intention of revisiting. Please make a note to yourself to look deeper into God's word. Or if you're not sure where to start, Speak to someone you trust. Ask someone to help guide you to know where to start. Or perhaps you might have a burning question that you've never dared to ask. Um, Let me tell you, God loves questions. He loves dialogue with you. He loves you. And so please don't stay on the other side of the door. Open it. Allow Jesus to enter you. And that light will shine. You will experience eternal life. And life in its fullness. And you will never taste anything 
quite like the meal that you and he will share. Shall we pray? Lord, we just want to thank you for, your, for this meal that we have shared with you together. And we look forward to the next time, oh yeah. We are so, so grateful that because of your sacrifice, we can enter where once we were left outside. We're having a relationship with you just didn't feel quite real. We could only dream about it. It was out of bounds. But when we heard you and we saw that you had made a way, we felt welcomed and loved by you. Help us to never just read your word, but to digest it, to dwell in it, to rest and enjoy the fullness of the life that you offer us. Mm. Help us to realize that all we need to do is open that door. Yes. Open the door to your heart. And you will be waiting. That you will bring a new dawn to our own lives. And we will benefit from the light that you have poured out into our hearts. Jeez. We will see with your eyes. We will hear with your ears. We will experience an encounter that can transform lives and find a forever friend. A friend who wants to know us. If only, if only we give him the chance. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for being a good teacher. We may not understand some of the words that we read, but help us, Lord. Help us to go deeper with you. We ask you by your spirit to wake us up. Wake us up that we will hear what you want to say to each and every one of us. Lord, we pray, we pray for your glory and in your precious name. Amen.